Let's uh, begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. Thank you uh, for your word and that uh, we can have the freedom to gather together and uh, study your word to grow in knowledge of you and of your son. And I pray that you'd bless our time together and that your spirit would be with us and that uh, you would teach us and instruct us and uh, that uh, we would uh, learn from you as we read and uh, think about uh, these truths. And so we thank you uh, for these things and pray in the name of your son. Amen. Now, tonight, we are uh, back in Genesis, uh, picking up uh, where we uh, left off, and we'll be begin looking at the uh, judgment, God's judgment of the woman. And so, uh, just for a quick overview, uh, because we've been away for a little bit, uh, back in the creation account, uh, God created everything uh, very good. He's the infinitely good, wise, holy, sovereign God over all of creation. Uh, he's the, the one true creator, and everything else is the creation, and it's under uh, him. And he finished creating on the sixth day uh, by uh, creating a man. Uh, who was the culmination of all of his work in the very pinnacle and height of all of his creation. Uh, and he bestowed uh, glory and honor and dominion on them. Uh, he took the, the whole creation, all of the earth, all of the animals, and set the whole creation under man's uh, feet, uh, giving them everything to rule over uh, on his behalf. Uh, because they were made in his image uh, after his likeness, which means uh, in uh, a sense, uh, a finite sense, they resembled God and they were like God uh, because he gave them a rule and honor and glory over, over everything. And then, uh, beginning with the generations of the heavens and the earth, uh, the first uh, Toledo, uh, he uh, created the man and the woman uh, and he uh, gave them uh, absolutely everything they could ever want or need. He gave them uh, everything uh, that they needed for, uh, for food, sustenance, uh, beauty, uh, and life, and filled the, the creation with, with all of these things, uh, provisions for them, uh, so that they could be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Uh, and to the man, he gave the, the special charge over uh, the garden uh, to work it and to keep it. Uh, and he gave him all of the trees, absolutely every one of them. But he made just one prohibition of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, from which he was not to eat. From the day that he ate of it, uh, he would uh, surely die. Uh, and really, it was that tree that God basically drew a line in the sand. Yes, I have made you in my image after my likeness. I have given you everything, everything you could ever possibly want or need. Uh, and if the man would believe in him and, uh, and serve in humble submission and dependence upon him, 
he'd enjoy blessing and life and God's provision and presence uh, forevermore. Uh, but the tree of knowledge uh, basically uh, says, and yet I am God and you, you shall obey me. And it's God's prerogative to, uh, to uh, graciously give uh, in overflowing, overabundance, but then to make a prohibition and say, but that uh, you shall not touch uh, because he's God and it's, uh, it's good uh, and right to obey him. Uh, and so he uh, created man the woman and they were uh, innocent, uh, but then uh, the serpent uh, came along. Uh, and he uh, tempted the woman and deceived her uh, by uh, basically bringing it about so that uh, she wouldn't be satisfied with God's provision, but she would desire what was prohibited. Uh, and he promised her that uh, when you eat of it, on the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Uh, he's basically saying you will be just like God. Uh, and so uh, from there, uh, the woman, uh, she uh, sinned. Uh, she took from the, the tree uh, and ate of it. Uh, and she also gave to her husband and he ate. She uh, invited him into her own uh, sin and rebellion against uh, God. And uh, basically they came to an experiential autonomous knowledge of good and evil. Uh, now they know good and evil in a sense uh, independently of God. They decide what's right for themselves. They decide what's uh, true, good, and beautiful in their own eyes instead of listening uh, to God's uh, word uh, that he gave them. And so then uh, after they tried to uh, feebly uh, cover their nakedness uh, because they, uh, they felt shame and guilt uh, because of their sin, uh, God uh, questioned uh, the man who uh, blamed his wife, but then confessed. Uh, and then he questioned the woman who uh, blamed the serpent, the serpent deceived me, before she then too uh, reluctantly confessed. Uh, and then God turned uh, to the serpent, having worked all the way back uh, to the instigator of all these things. Uh, and he began by uh, judging him. And the first punishment targeted his uh, created role and responsibility that, that God had given him uh, as the very cleverest of the beasts. And uh, as uh, Matthews has said, as D.A. Carson, uh, the word for, uh, it's often uh, translated crafty, uh, it's not necessarily bad in Hebrew. It could be good or bad. Uh, it might be prudent uh, in, in some cases where they, they're wise and they have discernment uh, to, to act with, with wisdom. Uh, but he used his uh, cleverness uh, to deceive. And so uh, God targeted uh, his created role because he rebelled uh, and he uh, rose up against God's, uh, against the woman who was created in God's image and was his steward. Uh, God made the cleverest of the beasts the most cursed of all the beasts. 
Uh, and then uh, the second punishment targeted his relationship uh, with the woman and her offspring. Uh, because he rebelled against the woman, uh, now uh, there is going to be conflict and discord and enmity uh, between the woman and the serpent uh, and between uh, their respective offspring. And this conflict is going to go uh, on uh, throughout history. And I think that uh, Moses actually, uh, we can say, applies this uh, to the beasts and to uh, serpents uh, as far as uh, there is a conflict, uh, the relationship between humanity uh, and the animals and serpents too uh, is disrupted. Uh, we'll even see with, uh, with Noah, God will say uh, any uh, beast uh, or animal that sheds man's blood, or if a man sheds man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed because God made, made him in his image. And so all's not well uh, with uh, the, uh, the animals that are to be subordinate uh, to humanity. Uh, and even Isaiah, uh, he draws and uh, talks about how one day the lion will eat straw uh, with uh, with the the ox and with the uh, the heifer and uh, all these animals that you'd expect to maybe eat straw. Now the lion's going to be tamed, but the serpent will still eat dust. Uh, lo looking to the uh, to the God's kingdom in the the new creation where there's a change, and so uh, he's basically saying the serpent's still the lowest of of all the creatures. However, it chiefly applies to the one who's be the serpent, uh, and that is uh, Satan. Uh, as we studied in, in great detail, uh, and we see that uh, Cain, uh, for instance, uh, and also uh, Ham's son Canaan, uh, they are of his offspring. Uh, anyone who walks in his ways uh, belongs to his ilk. Uh, they're in league with, uh, with him, and so uh, they're his offspring. He's, he's your father. And now, uh, after uh, the judgment of the serpent, and even seeing that there was hope in there that although there will be this conflict, uh, ultimately one day uh, there's the hope that the woman and her offspring uh, will one day overcome the serpent, uh, and once again the earth uh, will be filled. Uh, it will uh, be filled with life and with offspring, and they will be fruitful, and they will enjoy God's a provision of food and life and, and all of these things. And now tonight, uh, we're turning to the judgment of uh, the woman. Uh, and here, uh, we're going to uh, see uh, that the, the woman, uh, she was made as a helper uh, for, for the man. Uh, she was made to be his perfect uh, counterpart and to be uh, a companion to him, a wife, and the, the mother of his children. But uh, she sinned and rebelled uh, by eating from the tree and by uh, also uh, giving to her husband so that he would participate uh, in her rebellion against God. And so she really uh, didn't help him at all to enjoy the, the blessings of multiplication and fruitfulness. Uh, but 
uh, really uh, encouraged him to join her rebellion, which brought about the penalty of death and not a blessing in life. And so uh, we will see uh, in her judgment that God will uh, first uh, target uh, her created role and responsibility as a helper that he assigned to her, and especially as a, a mother, uh, one who, who can bear children, which is uh, very distinctive of her. And he will uh, multiply her painful toil in childbearing. And we'll see there's still blessing. He doesn't fully revoke the blessing, but now there's painful toil uh, in that a blessing of motherhood. And then, secondly, uh, he will target the relationship uh, between her and her husband. Uh, and now there will be discord and conflict between them. Uh, and basically, uh, as God put the serpent in his place. He rebelled against the woman where he had no authority uh, as a beast subordinate to her. Uh, and God brings about his demise with the woman and brings about conflict and puts the serpent back in his place. Now the woman too, uh, in the conflict with her husband uh, is a punishment. God's putting her in her place because she didn't help her husband. Now there's going to be conflict and he's going to uh, rule over you, uh, which, uh, as we'll discuss, not tonight, uh, but uh, Lord willing, next time, is not, it's not a command or an exhortation, but it's a judgment uh, that he's bringing uh, upon her. Uh, and then, finally, uh, we'll not only see uh, these judgments uh, that he's going to bring upon her, uh, targeting her uh, created role and her relationship with her husband, but we'll see that there is hope. Uh, there's continued blessing in the hope uh, that uh, she will uh, be fruitful and multiply, even though now it's going to come through toil and with conflict uh, with her husband. And so uh, first, I'd like to just compare God's judgment of the woman uh, with the serpent and the man. Uh, there are a couple differences that I would like to highlight. And then uh, we will look at uh, his judgment of the woman uh, and both the first and second punishments. The first punishment uh, against, uh, against her responsibility and role as a, uh, a mother and a childbearer, uh, and then her, uh, her relationship with her husband. Uh, in that, uh, the relationship with the husband we'll deal with uh, next week uh, because we have uh, plenty of material to cover. And so let's read uh, through uh, the judgments from the beginning of the chapter through the judgments. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. 
But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and 
close them. So uh, this brings us to the woman's uh, judgment. Uh, and first, we're going to look at, uh, before looking at the, the judgments against her, just how her uh, judgment is different from God's judgments of the uh, serpent and the man. Uh, and basically, there are two major respects uh, in which her judgment is different. Uh, first, uh, God does not give an explicit reason or basis uh, for her judgment, uh, why he's uh, judging her, uh, but it's left uh, implicit. Uh, and secondly, uh, God does not pr pronounce a curse uh, during uh, her judgment. Uh, and so first, uh, with the serpent, he does give an explicit reason and he pronounces uh, a curse. Uh, in verse uh, 13, uh, first, just for a little context, uh, then the Lord God said to the woman, uh, what is this that you have done? Uh, the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Uh, the Lord God said to the serpent, uh, because you have done this, he deceived uh, the woman. Uh, that's why he's being judged. He was supposed to be subordinate, but he used his craftiness to uh, deceive her. And so he gives an explicit uh, reason uh, for the judgment uh, that, that follows. Uh, and then he says, uh, there's a curse. Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. And so he actually directly curses uh, the serpent. Uh, and then with the man, uh, we also see an explicit reason uh, is given for his judgment. Uh, and there's a, a curse pronounced, although the curse is not, it's not pronounced directly upon the man, but upon the ground. So verse 17. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it, Cursed is the ground because of you. Uh, and here with these reasons that uh, they give, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, uh, as Matthews and uh, Carson and others have, have noticed, uh, when the serpent deceived, uh, he deceived the woman, and the woman listened to the serpent. Uh, then the woman gave the fruit to her husband, and he listened to her, and no one listened to God. There's a complete overturning of the order of creation uh, that God has set up, of uh, authority. Uh, the man was created first. He was given primary responsibility uh, over uh, the garden to work uh, and to keep it. Uh, he was commanded explicitly concerning uh, the trees that were provided to them, all of them in the garden, uh, and the prohibition of just uh, one. Uh, and his wife, uh, she was to be a helper. He, he wasn't to be her helper, but she was to be uh, his helper. Uh, as uh, in her, her role as, uh, as both a companion, a wife, 
uh, a mother, uh, and together she would make up for his lack, and together they would have dominion over uh, the uh, the earth. Uh, and he even uh, he even named her. He he names her uh, twice. Uh, he was to be uh, the the head of humanity uh, and the head of uh, also his household. He he had a certain leadership responsibilities. Uh, in his family. And so here there's a complete overturning of the order of things that God has set up. And the beast is the, the serpents below both of them uh, because they're to, to reign and rule and have dominion. Uh, and they're both created in the, the image of, in likeness of, of God. And so uh, beginning with the judgment of the serpent, uh, God uh, now uh, with the woman and her offspring, they're ultimately gonna, uh, it's gonna end in his demise. Uh, God's putting him back in his place as a, a beast. Uh, and we'll see the same with a woman. Uh, with her husband, there's going to be conflict now. and He's going to uh, rule over her. And then finally, with the man, he's going to be, uh, he's going to go back to the dust uh, because he didn't listen uh, to, uh, to God. Uh, and so God's going to basically put them all back in their place. Ultimately, man, you're, you're just a creature. And so he goes back to the dust. And now with the woman, uh, there isn't an explicit uh, basis for her judgment, but there's an implied one, uh, very, very uh, clearly. Uh, and we uh, see that uh, with the, the woman's sin. Uh, we, we've already seen what her, her sin was. Uh, she uh, desired to, to be, be like God, uh, basically. Uh, she saw, she took, she ate, uh, and then she gave to her husband who was with her and he ate. Uh, and then uh, in the man's uh, confession, uh, in uh, verse 12, uh, the man said, uh, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Uh, to which uh, God turned to the woman and said, uh, Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? She did give him fruit of the tree and he ate. It, it still doesn't get him off the hook, rebelling against God. He listened to his wife rather than to God. And it's not wrong to listen to your wife or, or to listen to your husband, except when it doesn't agree with God. Then, then you get in very big uh, trouble. Uh, there's one time that Abraham listened to Sarah uh, when he shouldn't have uh, as well. Uh, and then the wo woman's own admission. Uh, then the Lord God said to the woman, was this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. She did eat. She did give. Uh, and she did violate and rebel against the created role and responsibility that God uh, gave uh, to her as a helper, as his uh, counterpart, his perfect uh, counterpart. Uh, and so now uh, God's judgments are tied uh, to this uh, rebellion against her uh, her role. And we'll see that uh, very clearly. Uh, and then, uh, so there's an implicit reason for her judgment. Uh, but even more interestingly, there's no curse uh, pronounced whatsoever. Uh, God curses the serpent. He doesn't curse the man, but he curses the ground because of, of the man. But there is absolutely uh, no curse. And uh, this is probably because uh, the serpent and the man bear greater responsibility. Uh, and also the, the woman, uh, he's uh, going to preserve 
uh, and restore his blessing uh, through her. And she will be punished uh, for her sin, uh, but she will not be accursed. Uh, so uh, the serpent, uh, for instance, uh, he was the instigator. Uh, he was the one who got the ball rolling on all of this, uh, beginning with his deception, uh, trying to uh, overthrow uh, God's stewards, uh, those made in his image, uh, who were to uh, rule over the earth and all of the, the beasts. Uh, and as one who is to be subordinate, he instigated all of this to throw off uh, their authority, their dominion, uh, and ultimately God's rule. They were to rule on God's behalf. And so he instigated uh, and rebelled against God's image bearers that God gave dominion. Uh, in the man, uh, he was given chief responsibility over the, the garden, uh, as we uh, already uh, said. Uh, and so he has the, the, the final primary responsibility uh, in the sin and rebellion against uh, God. Uh, and because of him, uh, all of humanity falls into uh, sin, uh, guilt, uh, and condemnation. Uh, and the man also, uh, he wasn't deceived. Yah, his wife, uh, gave him the fruit. I uh, encouraged him to join in, but uh, he wasn't uh, deceived at all. Uh, he rebelled knowingly and willfully. And the woman rebelled knowingly and willfully, but she was still, still deceived. It's not very attractive, though, uh, when one rebels uh, listening to the serpent that, oh, I will be like God. I'm basically going to become a god. But uh, the woman, she was uh, deceived. And so uh, God uh, does not uh, pronounce a, a curse uh, in his judgment of her. And uh, Matthews uh, says, uh, unlike the penalties announced against the serpent and the man, uh, there is no occurrence of curse uh, related to the woman's suffering. Moreover, there is no cause specified for her suffering whereas the serpent is charged with deception and the man with eating disobediently. This is due to the woman's culpability through deception. In contrast with the willful rebellion of the serpent and the man, also uh, the oracle has a gentler word for the woman since her punishment entails the salvation of the human couple. Whereas the man's action condemned the human family Eve will play the critical role in liberating them from sin's consequences. Uh, this is realized in part immediately since the woman gives birth to new life. But uh, verse 15, uh, that's the judgment of the serpent, indicates that the final conflict will also be humanity's victory by virtue of the woman's role as childbearer. And so ultimately God preserves uh, and will one day uh, restore his blessing uh, through uh, her uh, offspring uh, and the, the earth will one day uh, be uh, filled and blessed. And so now, uh, now that we've seen that uh, God gives implicit reason uh, for her uh, judgment. 
giving to the man and violating her uh, her role as a uh, helper uh, and eating too. Uh, and we see that there's no curse. Uh, now uh, let's begin looking at her judgment uh, and specifically uh, the first of two punishments. Uh, the first uh, uh, being the multiplication of pain, her painful toil in childbearing. So, uh, verse 16. Uh, to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your painful toil in childbearing. In hard labor you shall give birth to children. Uh, and this, uh, as we've said, targets her role uh, as a helper, uh, as wife, mother, uh, as a childbearer. That's really the distinctive blessing and gift uh, that he gave her uh, in a procreation so that they could be fruitful, multiply, uh, fill the earth, and have dominion uh, over it. Uh, and that, that fullness of blessing, it doesn't come uh, apart from her, but uh, she rebelled against that, and so now God multiplies uh, her toil in childbearing. Uh, and here, uh, first off, uh, there's uh, a translation issue. Uh, maybe you've caught on to it. Uh, typically, uh, most modern translations uh, just translate it pain. Uh, she'll experience pain in childbearing, or painful labor, or pains in labor, or something along those lines, anguish. Uh, and there are two uh, words uh, that they tend to translate this way uh, that are parallel uh, with one line and the next line. Uh, and one uh, is itzavon uh, in Hebrew, uh, and the second is etzev. Uh, and just as an example, uh, the ESV uh, translates it uh, this way. And listen for the, the pain. Uh, to the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Uh, in most modern translations, uh, translate it that way or very, very, very uh, similarly. Uh, and this is, it's largely true uh, in God's judgment. She will experience uh, pain uh, in uh, childbearing. So it's not, it's not like they're completely off base or, or anything uh, like that. Uh, however, it's a little uh, inadequate uh, because God's punishment of the woman here uh, involves more than just uh, pain, uh, but really it has to do with toil, uh, with painful toil, a uh, hard, difficult labor uh, and work uh, in her uh, role of bearing children. Now it's going to come with great difficulty and painful uh, toil. And now we could look at both of these words, but I'm going to focus on the, the first one uh, just because of uh, time, and then uh, maybe later we, we can present uh, some of the uh, some of the other. Uh, but really, both of these words 
Uh, they're not the standard word for pain or for uh, labor pains uh, or anything like that, but they generally deal with toil. Uh, and so the, the first word, uh, itzavon, uh, which I've translated uh, painful uh, toil. I believe Matthew's, I think he does the, the same or thereabouts. Uh, he, uh, he also recognizes this. Uh, and so I would translate it, uh, I will greatly multiply your painful toil in childbearing. Uh, and even more literally, it's really your painful toil and your childbearing in the Hebrew. Uh, but as uh, most commentators say, uh, they're used uh, basically to express one idea. I believe that's often called like a hendiadis. Uh, and we even see that uh, in the second line uh, that follows. Uh, in hard labor, uh, you shall give birth to children. It, it's regarding a childbearing uh, and what she's going to experience and the condition in which uh, she's going to uh, bear children. Uh, now, uh, it's not going to be light and easy anymore, but it's going to be difficult and toilsome in uh, uh, burdensome. And so now, although God doesn't totally relinquish uh, his blessing, now uh, there is pain in it. There's a punishment from which uh, she needs to be uh, redeemed. And so I'd like to look at a couple more uh, usages of, of this word. Uh, it only occurs three times. All of them are from Moses, and all of them are in the book of Genesis. Uh, and so uh, the next instance of Itzavon uh, we see uh, with uh, Adam. Uh, verse uh, 17, uh, into Adam he said, uh, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground uh, because of you. In Itzavon, uh, painful toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Now, notice the parallel between uh, the, the toil, the itzavon, and the sweat. Uh, in painful toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And then verse uh, 19 by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Now it comes with great difficulty and exertion, difficult, painful, hard work uh, to uh, bring it about. Uh, and it's not like in the garden where he, he enjoyed uh, God's uh, good provision and uh, there weren't thorns and thistles that would arise. Uh, and we'll see this interpretation confirmed uh, because here he's addressing uh, Adam's punishment uh, in curse. Uh, and with uh, Lamech, Noah's father, in Genesis 5, starting in verse 28, uh, he also refers back to this curse and punishment. So verse 28, uh, when Lamech had lived 128 years, 
he fathered a son uh, and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work uh, and from the painful toil itzavon of our hands. Uh, notice again, uh, there the two lines are synonymous. Uh, we see synonymous parallelism. This one shall bring us relief from our work. It's work uh, that they're under. Uh, out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work. Uh, that's the curse. The, the curse has come upon the ground, and now they, they bear it because of the work and the hard labor that they have to do to bring forth uh, food uh, and to eat uh, from uh, the ground. Uh, it, it does not come easily, either from the, the trees or from the, the, good, uh, the good earth as God originally made it that they could cultivate. And so this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Uh, their hands, because of the work they're doing, uh, they uh, bear a painful uh, toil. It's the hands that, that really uh, latch on to their, their implements uh, to uh, plow and to, to dig and to, uh, to harvest uh, grain and thresh it and uh, all that they uh, did. Uh, and so this connects directly back uh, to the curse of Adam. It's, it's a work here, not, not just a pain. Uh, and God uses the same language uh, with the woman. Uh, it's because the woman in her role, it's going to become painful toil now to, to bear children. As for Adam, it's going to be painful toil and hard, difficult labor and burdensome work uh, to bring forth a food uh, in vegetation uh, from the, the ground. And so uh, verse 16 in chapter 3, uh, to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your painful toil, itzavon, in childbearing, in hard labor. You shall give birth uh, to children. Uh, in both the man uh, and the woman, their roles are now toilsome uh, in, in what they do. Uh, her, in, as far as uh, motherhood, the, the gift of motherhood that's been given her, uh, and his, as, uh, as Gordon Wenham says, as a farmer, uh, to, to, uh, to, to bring food out of the ground, to, uh, to, to harvest it, to uh, work and keep the land as God uh, commanded. It would have been a toilsome thing originally, uh, but now uh, it's very, very uh, difficult. Uh, and God hasn't fully removed his blessing, but now it only comes with great difficulty because they've rebelled against the very source of life, the source of blessing, the source of provision, of, of truth, goodness, and beauty. And by rebelling against God, they deserve the penalty of death. Uh, and he could strike them down right this moment, but he doesn't fully remove it, but he does punish them. Uh, and now their painful toil and hard labor reminds them uh, of uh, their sin uh, against God uh, and that he's really uh, the source of blessing. Now it only comes with great, great uh, difficulty. Uh, and so uh, it's not just a matter of pain, uh, but 
toil, uh, painful toil, we could say, hard labor. Uh, and if we uh, looked at the, the uh, other word uh, more, uh, etsev, uh, we would see uh, uh, many, many uh, instances. It's used in uh, several places. Uh, again and again, it comes to uh, the ideas of hard, difficult labor or something that's, that's difficult. Uh, and even some of the, the looser uh, senses uh, where the author of Proverbs talks about a, a soft word uh, turning away wrath. Well, uh, a hard word, uh, one that, that causes uh, pain and hardness, uh, kind of the opposite of soft, uh, basically brings about, provokes anger. Uh, but that one too, uh, there, there are many uh, instances. And I'll, I'll post uh, some of the verses where those uh, words are used. Uh, actually, all of them. They're, they're only maybe five to seven uh, thereabouts. Uh, I can post that online. And so uh, Matthews uh, says, uh, first, her penalty stresses the painful labor she must endure in childbirth. But the punishment also nurtures hope uh, since it assumes that she will live uh, to bear children. Uh, as parallel terms, itzavon and etzev are rendered painful labor. Uh, I think he's drawing from that, the NIV there, uh, which reflects the customary meaning of itzavon, toil. Uh, it occurs just twice more and indicates hard labor. Uh, thus, the penalty is the attendant labor or hard work that childbearing will now mean for Eve. This matches the labor that Adam will undergo as a consequence of the curse against the ground. And so uh, they are both uh, going to bear it for their created roles and responsibilities and uh, their rebellion. Uh, now, now that we know uh, it's not just pain, but it's uh, painful toil, hard labor, I'd like to draw your attention to a wordplay uh, that God uses to connect her responsibility uh, or her, her punishment to her resp created responsibility and uh, sin. And so uh, if you remember, uh, he also did this with the serpent. Uh, the serpent was the craftiest of all the beasts of the field, but because he used his craftiness to deceive, uh, God made him the most cursed of the beasts uh, and animals, uh, both, both the wild animals and the, the livestock, all of them. Uh, and the words uh, there were our room and our ruin. Uh, and now, and so that, that tied his, uh, his rebellion to his uh, creation, uh, to his re responsibility. God made him the, the craftiest of all the beasts and shows that God is perfect in justice in his judgment. And now with the woman, uh, to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your painful toil in childbearing, or a little more literally, uh, multiplying, I will multiply your painful toil in childbearing. And now, if you remember back to God's creation blessing, he said that he would, he blessed them and said, uh, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Uh, he's drawing uh, from there. 
uh, she, she was to multiply. He commanded her to multiply, to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, and she had the very, the very uh, gift and the, the, the function and the role and the capacity uh, to, uh, to have children and to be fruitful and multiply. But instead of acting as a helper for her husband, uh, she rebelled against uh, what God said, uh, encouraging him to rebel, bringing about death instead of multiplication. Uh, and so in the, the creation account, uh, multiplication, offspring, is one of God's chief uh, and foremost blessings uh, in all of creation, uh, in all of uh, scripture. Uh, and so on day five, uh, he told the, the birds and the fish, uh, God bless them, saying, uh, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And then on day six in chapter one, uh, verse uh, 27, uh, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. They're to multiply and have dominion. Uh, but she, she, she rebelled against this. And then with the creation of the, uh, the man uh, in the woman in the garden, uh, there uh, he created her as, as a helper, as his counterpart, his perfect a counterpart. Uh, and so she, she had the unique capacity of being a, uh, a companion, a wife, a mother. Uh, to, she has the ability to conceive, to give birth and nurture and uh, in, in ways that uh, he can't. Uh, he, he can be a, a, a father uh, and a, a husband, but uh, this is her a unique a gift. And so now God says, uh, chapter 3, verse 16, uh, to the woman, he said, multiplying, I will multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Uh, and so, yes, she will still have children. Yes, she will still have the blessing of motherhood uh, and offspring and, uh, and multiplication. Uh, but now uh, her punishment uh, is tied uh, to this function. Uh, and now also, not only will she be multiplied as far as offspring, but as far as the painful toil that she's going to bear uh, in conceiving, uh, in giving birth, uh, and uh, as uh, a mother. And so we see God, both God's blessing, uh, hope, uh, but we also see a punishment uh, for her sin and rebellion. And God does not just overlook sin. And this also shows retributive justice. Uh, God uh, judges in proportion to one's sin. Uh, his punishments are always just uh, and perfect. And so now the blessing only comes with a difficulty. And uh, later on, uh, we're going to see multiplication. The vast majority of times when it's used in Genesis, it is almost always, always, always talking about the multiplication of offspring. Uh, sometimes for animals, uh, typically more often uh, for uh, humanity. 
uh, in God's blessing, especially for the patriarchs. God's going to restore uh, his creation blessing. He's going to preserve it uh, and ultimately uh, restore it. Uh, and even with uh, Hagar uh, in Genesis uh, 16, verse 10, uh, the angel of Yahweh will say to her after she flees from her mistress, uh, Sarah, uh, he's going to say, I will surely multiply. Multiplying, I will multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And so uh, the, 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 uh, we see another instance of multiplying. I will multiply. Uh, and there's one more, uh, three in total, including the judgment of the woman. With Hagar, uh, and then in chapter 22, verse 17, uh, with Abraham after he, uh, he uh, goes to offer Isaac, uh, but uh, a ram uh, is given uh, in his, uh, his place. Uh, the angel of Yahweh uh, says to Abraham, uh, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. Blessing, I will bless you. Uh, and multiplying, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on uh, this seashore. Uh, and so, uh, again, mo most of the time it's blessing, but here it's also punishment. Uh, in Matthews, just summarizing this, uh, this uh, penalty against the woman, uh, he says, uh, Thus, uh, the penalty is the attendant labor or hard work that the childbearing will now mean for Eve. This matches the labor that Adam will undergo as a consequence of the curse against the ground. By procreation, the blessing for the human couple will be realized, and ironically, the blessing is assured in the divine pronouncement of the penalty. And so you see both penalty, but also the assurance that the blessing will continue uh, together. And so you, you see God is both gracious and just uh, in his judgment. Uh, by this unexpected twist, the vehicle of her vindication, that is labor, trumpets her need for the deliverance she bears. Painful childbirth signals hope, but also serves as a perpetual reminder of sin and the woman's part in it. And so it uh, points both to uh, God's promises and the hope of redemption, but also uh, the need of redemption uh, because she, uh, God preserves uh, blessing. He will restore it through her offspring uh, against the serpent, uh, which one day will overcome uh, the serpent and sin and evil and death and enjoy God's blessing of, of life and multiplication, offspring uh, and goodness and beauty uh, in his presence, all that he uh, provides. And now uh, throughout Genesis, uh, this painful uh, toil, uh, I think uh, most basically uh, it has to do with uh, uh, really with the, the woman's I mean, labor. I mean, that's the, that's the clearest expression uh, of it. 
childbirth, contractions. Uh, that's used, uh, sort of imagery is used throughout scripture uh, to even talk about uh, when uh, nations even come under judgment. They're experiencing birth pains. Uh, it's expressed uh, as. And so uh, that's the very heart of it. But it, it may uh, look uh, where it says, uh, your painful toil, I, I will surely multiply your painful toil in childbearing. Uh, childbearing may look a little more broadly uh, just at uh, pregnancy and conception leading up uh, to uh, the bearing of children. Uh, it may ex uh, extend uh, to just uh, uh, complications, hardship, uh, difficulty, uh, and all the, the travails uh, that can come uh, in uh, childbirth. Uh, even throughout Genesis, uh, again and again, we see problems of uh, barrenness uh, and even infant mortality and, and uh, also a maternal mortality. Uh, uh, infants, children who, who die in birth and uh, mothers who, uh, who die. And uh, it's filled with all sorts of complications and uh, trouble and difficulty uh, and uh, toil. And so uh, just even uh, consider uh, Sarah, uh, for instance. Uh, when she's first introduced uh, at the very end of chapter 11 with the Toledo generations of Terah, uh, Abraham's uh, father, uh, we immediately learn uh, that she was barren and had no children. Uh, in that, the first we know, Abraham was 75 when God called him, but she was barren even before then. Uh, and then, uh, after about 10 years, uh, uh, Sarah, or uh, Sarai, uh, took it into her own hands along with Abraham and gave her Hagar. And I believe that might be the chapter in which uh, Abraham listened to the voice of his wife and tried to take things into their own hands and not God did not tell them to do that. Uh, that brought about trouble uh, with the, the birth of Ishmael later on. It, it caused trouble and grief for their family. We, we even see trouble within their, their marriages between conflict between uh, husband and, and wife. Uh, and then uh, when he is 100 years old, uh, that was 25 years after God called him and made promises to him, but she was barren even before then. Uh, and for that long time, uh, she was she was barren. They they couldn't have a child. Uh, they wondered how will God fulfill uh, His promise. Uh, then uh, Isaac's wife Rebecca, Jacob's wife Rachel, uh, they were barren. Uh, with Rebecca, it's announced right away uh, with the Toledot of uh, of uh, the the generations of uh, Isaac uh, and. Uh, uh, with her and with her uh, her twins, uh, also uh, the wife of Manoah, uh, who is Samson's uh, wife or Samson's mother, uh, but uh, the the parents of Samson, uh, she was barren. Uh, Elkanah, uh, the the husband of Hannah, uh, who gave birth to uh, to uh, Samuel, uh, the the prophet. Uh, she struggled with barrenness and she was provoked by Penina. Uh, he had a couple wives and that caused problems as well. Uh, also Elizabeth, uh, the mother of John the Baptist, uh, she was barren. Uh, and just for instance, uh, listen with uh, Rebecca. Uh, chapter 25, verse 20, and 
Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, uh, the Aramean of Padan Aram, uh, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife, uh, Rebekah. And Isaac prayed for the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Uh, the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you uh, shall be divided. Uh, the one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. Of course, it's talking about Jacob and, uh, and Esau. Uh, Jacob's the younger. And so here you, you even see difficulty in her birth with, uh, with twins. Uh, and you also see that with, uh, uh, with Tamar, uh, Judah's uh, wife, although he didn't necessarily marry her, but uh, he had children through uh, Tamar. Uh, and then even with, uh, with Rachel, uh, R Rachel, uh, she was originally barren and told Jacob, give me children lest I die. Uh, and then after she had uh, Joseph, uh, God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. Uh, she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph saying, may the Lord add to me another son. And then some time went past, and uh, and when she when they finally came back into the the land of promise, uh, from the land of Haran all the way to the north. Uh, Genesis thirty five verse sixteen. Uh, then they journeyed from Bethel, uh, when they were still some distance from Ephrath. Uh, Rachel went into labor, and she had hard labor. Uh, when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her. Do not fear, for you have another son. And as her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. Uh, so Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, uh, that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb. Uh, it is the pillar of Rachel's tomb, uh, which is uh, there to this Day and uh, as then Etinoids point out, she said, "Give me a, uh, a son, lest I die." Uh, and now she dies, uh, giving birth to her final son. She was Jacob's favorite wife, uh, and probably it was because uh, she took the household idols from her father, and so uh, this may have been God's judgment upon her for her idolatry. And uh, Benoni is a it's either uh, son of my uh, my my mourning sorrow, uh, some might put it suffering, but uh, uh, son of my sorrow, uh, and Benjamin, son of my right hand. It's a, a, a more of a powerful uh, sort of a term uh, there, and so you see this uh, difficulty of, of barrenness and loss and uh, and struggle and pain uh, all the way. Uh, throughout uh, scripture uh, and even uh, Eli's daughter uh, who was a wicked priest in the day of Samuel uh, his daughter-in-law also uh, died in birth when God brought judgment upon their household uh, and so uh, finally and just briefly uh, we should recognize there is punishment here but there is also uh, hope 
uh, in motherhood. Motherhood's now going to be difficult. It's still, it's still, it's still a blessing of God, but now it uh, involves painful toil and hard labor. Uh, and we'll also see next time, Lord willing, uh, they'll still enjoy the blessings of marriage, but now there's going to be conflict in it. And so it's not as God originally uh, designed it. Uh, but uh, God uh, will, uh, he will preserve and restore uh, his, his blessing through, uh, through her offspring, uh, through uh, Seth and through Noah and through uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, believing uh, Israelites and descendants of them uh, and those who, uh, who joined them, uh, but then also through uh, the, the line of the king, the, the line of Judah. Uh, and David and Solomon, and uh, even though uh, David and Solomon, they, they are in that line, and you, you see you see a foretaste, a foreshadowing. Even David really wasn't the ideal king. Even being a man after God's own own heart, he brought great trouble and calamity and distress upon the nation. And even his first child with Bathsheba, uh, because it came through idolatry. Even that child died shortly after birth. But then he brought up a Solomon, uh, whom God uh, loved as a son. And uh, even the Apostle Paul in First Timothy uh, chapter 2, uh, verse, beginning in verse 11 says, uh, Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. Uh, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, Rather, she is to remain quiet. Uh, in there, uh, won't get into that, but in 1 Corinthians, somewhere around chapter 9, uh, when he's dealing with uh, head coverings, uh, women actually, they could prophesy. They, they could exhort uh, uh, from, from Scripture. Uh, they uh, could also uh, pray uh, in the church. He's talking about a very specific uh, area where they're to be quiet. They, they are not to have the teaching authority uh, of the elders and over men uh, in the, the congregation. But it doesn't, it's not an absolute uh, silence in, uh, in all cases. In fact, uh, even for, for men, there, there are other cases where they were to be silent. If, if people go on and on and on in their prophesying and exhorting and uh, in their praying, and they won't give turns to others. They are to be silent. If people aren't qualified to be elders uh, and, and teachers, uh, they are not to teach. They're, they're to remain silent in that capacity. But Paul goes on to say, she's to remain quiet for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing, if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. And people might wonder about this. Paul, I, I thought we were saved by faith. I thought we were saved by faith alone uh, in Christ. What's this about? They're saved through childbearing? Is this justification by childbearing alone? Uh, no, that's not what Paul's saying. He's not talking about uh, the grounds on which... or. The, the grounds of justification, which is the sole merit of Christ, uh, and then the, 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 the instrument through which we, we receive 
uh, the gift of God's salvation, which it's just believing. It's because we can't, we can't earn it. All we can do is believe and trust God that he will save through his son. But uh, he is drawing from this. She will be saved through childbearing. Uh, because it's through childbearing that God's blessing of offspring and the, the propagation of humanity is preserved and will one day uh, be restored so that the earth will ultimately be fulfilled filled, uh, with the people that are blessed uh, by God. Uh, and that's why uh, the new uh, Jerusalem, uh, apart, from, apart from childbearing, there would not be uh, 12 foundations for the 12 apostles. Uh, they had to come through childbearing. Uh, there wouldn't be 12 gates uh, for the 12 tribes. Uh, there would not be uh, a believing church uh, to uh, fill the new Jerusalem in the kingdom. There would not be a believing Israelites uh, to fill it. And there would not be the nations to walk uh, in their light. Uh, God has uh, a people and peoples uh, with, within that, that people. Uh, it may very well reflect the, the trinity that there's one people of God, but uh, there's the church, there's Israel, and the, uh, the, the nations. Uh, and for all of them, uh, all of God's elect, all those redeemed through, through all ages for the new heavens and the new earth, uh, it is only uh, through, uh, through uh, childbearing uh, and procreation uh, that God's blessings are preserved and, and restored. And ultimately, the ultimate ideal uh, seed and offspring of the woman uh, par excellence, uh, the one perfect, righteous, chosen uh, seed, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, who uh, represents uh, the new humanity. Uh, he's their uh, king and their prophet and their priest. He's God's suffering and glorious servant uh, who uh, took on our humanity, entered into our uh, nature and took our nature to himself so that uh, he could redeem us uh, and redeem and restore uh, a new uh, humanity through his uh, death on the cross, uh, bearing the sin condemnation uh, and guilt and curse uh, that belonged uh, to all of us and uh, through his death uh, and his burial and uh, resurrection to, to God's right hand and where he uh, reigns and rules and lives uh, forever to make uh, intercession uh, for all of us. And uh, one day uh, he will return and restore uh, his kingdom, God's kingdom, and ultimately uh, the new heavens and the new earth uh, that will be filled with offspring and the curse and painful toil of childbearing uh, and uh, the uh, provision of food uh, will uh, in conflict uh, between husband and wife will be uh, no more. And so uh, next time, Lord willing, uh, we will look at the conflict between uh, her and her husband. And uh, we may also look at uh, the judgment of Adam as well. So let's just uh, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word and just how awesome uh, and glorious it is and 
um, to see here that uh, just how holy and righteous you are and that you do not overlook sin, uh, but uh, you bring about judgment and punishment, uh, which every sin uh, deserves and, uh, in this life, but ultimately in the one to come, uh, in uh, eternal hell and the, the lake of fire, uh, except uh, for those uh, who turn to you in uh, repentance uh, and faith, and they trust in the finished, perfect work of Christ uh, on uh, their behalf. And uh, we thank you for your son, and uh, we thank you that you have preserved uh, your blessing, uh, and that you have brought about a Savior. And one day, uh, you will bring about a new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells, and that will uh, be uh, filled uh, and blessed uh, with uh, redeemed uh, people from every tribe, tongue, and people and nation, uh, people redeemed uh, by your Son. Uh, we thank you uh, for this hope that we have and pray that we would uh, trust in you and in your Son. And we pray in his name. Amen.